episode number 46, taking it to the Max Sports Podcast with your host, Max Murphy, and with my other co-host, Floor 10 Sports Podcast, Teddy Sweetwood. How are we doing? Let's go. Let's go. Thanks for having me, Max. Pumped to be back. You know, Feels good. Feels mm-hmm. good. Uh, some complications last year with my enrollment at Syracuse. Now being away makes it a little bit tougher, and then you get the summertime. You get the off-season to where 410 Sports Podcast is having these great guests, is on top. And this guy who's talking right now makes it crumble down. But I got you back on as a regular guest, not just today. So we're going to keep that rolling. I think Floor 10 Sports Podcast was um, not was, – is a, is a victim of um, – Victim of college? Yeah, circumstance, everything like that. So I don't think it's anybody's fault. It's just, you know what? It'll it's a great thing, and it'll always exist when the time comes. So, anyway, True. thank you for who having know, me. Who knows where we're at after you're done with college? I'm done yep. with my PGA. You know, floor floor ten sports podcast could definitely make another run at it, or could. it could be virtual good. like it is right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, never know. I want to talk actually first. You are now involved with the Syracuse football team. What is the vibe like this year? What are you kind of? What's I guess what's different than last year, Teddy? How's how's the team? I mean, I'm watching them. I don't I don't get watch them um, in person uh, in the film room like you do, but I'm watching them on TV. I think this team has a lot of characteristics as they did last season, except with a bunch of different new players. But mm. quarterback remains the same, and so is the head coach. Yeah, I think that this year's team is different. They don't just have Sean Tucker, or they don't just have, you know, hopefully Garrett Schrader runs. Right. The recruiting, um, and I'll get to it in a bit because it is where I work, but the recruiting has taken a step up and you go out there pregame, which I'm on the field pregame and all of a sudden kind of similar to when we would be in warmups, we'd be watching warmups in the student section and be like, Oh crap, we're about to get out athleted. You could see like the Clemson D line. Right. Everyone will look like a six, four version of Aaron Donald. And like, even when, uh, even when Florida state had their good teams and then Notre mm-hmm. Dame, like four state and Notre Dame specifically last year, even Purdue, even though, I mean, that was a crazy quadruple overtime or whatever, back and forth game, uh, last year, but those guys came into the carrier dome and you're like, Holy shit, this could be. A um, absolutely. And for a multitude of reasons, things have taken a positive swing with, the recruits that we've been getting and whatever they're doing in the weight room is working and you'll be out there pregame and you'll think like, we're about to smash these guys. And that's how I felt even about army, right? Army. I mean, army's not obviously a tier one program, but it's, it's a real college program. And like, yeah. Yeah. And they didn't look on the same level of us as us athletically. We didn't play great that game and we still won by a couple of touchdowns and that's how it felt. And, we played a couple of, uh, you know, cupcake teams early on, you know, with all due respect to those teams. But um, we did and we took – and what it is now is that – and I'm sure you could relate to feeling like this – is that we had a few kids last year who could make plays. And the year before that, we had 
a few kids who could make plays. And if they didn't make plays, we were going to lose by 40. This That's year, yeah. this year, every now and then, Garrett will throw the ball and somebody will introduce themselves to me as a player because they'll just start breaking a couple tackles and go to the house and it'll just look fluid. And, and kids are like coming onto the scene. We have random wide receivers who are good. You know, Hatchers, this kid Hatcher comes out of nowhere and starts playing really good. Donovan Brown, um, our leading wide receiver, I didn't know who he was coming into the year. Um, Cody Alford is playing really, really Isaiah good. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah. Around a bit. But he's a lanky vertical. Yeah, player. Isaiah Johnson too. He's totally is. He's totally, you know, one of these one and a premier athlete um, would be at any school. And, and so our best threat goes down in Aronde um, Gadsden. And you know Huge we're still loss. sitting here, mm-hmm. and we're still sitting here talking about these receiving threats that have seemingly came out of nowhere. That and one thing that I can always tip my cap to with the Syracuse team, as long as I've been watching, is a ferocity on defense that kind of has always kept us in um, some games. Has been that defensive intensity, to say the least. You know, so especially that, front seven. Mm-hmm. Always been, always been getting after the passer. So to see our passing game come alive like this, the way Garrett has developed from a running back when he was first taking snaps here to a guy who is capable of making some accurate throws, although he still is going to use his feet, but he's absolutely capable of making some throws, throws on the run. He's prototypical quarterback size. So I think the program is moving in the right direction. And the last note that I think you might find interesting is that um, my boss just came over from Alabama and he was a recruiting intern at Alabama for four years. So right out of uh, right out of college, he gets this job at Syracuse, comes in, completely wipes the way that we do our spreadsheets, the way we do our recruiting visits, the way we do our game days with recruits and their families, the way we send out letters, everything, the way like our Google Docs are formatted. Everything is completely different now to mimic one of these, you know, SEC programs, not just one of them at Alabama. Right. And, uh, you know, so I, I won't go into too much that I'm not allowed to say, but yeah, things are changing for the better. And for the last um, year or so, I think that we've really been on the up and I think it's it's trending in a good, positive direction. So that's great to hear because <clears throat> I had a lot of questions about this season. Not only did I see a tough middle of the schedule, like these games that we're about to enter are going to be tough. What's interesting about this year is obviously Garrett Trader's development. Um, I thought without Sean Tucker, how would he be as a runner? Because he was great with the read option. Without Robert Anai, who came from Virginia last uh, two years ago to last year, he really seemed to develop Garrett Trader and that run game. And then I thought, shoot, without Sean Tucker, um, without Garrett Williams, without Michael Jones, Michael Jones was the heart of that defense for a bit with Marlo Wax, who's still there and who's producing as great as he has the past couple of years. But I thought this would be a very different team. I was like, however, they have a Ronde Gadsden. Prayers go out to him. Tough injury um, because he was that number one go-to receiver for Garrett Trader. But he's using these other guys, like you said. Like you said, you're on the field, and these guys look like they can compete and we're going to see this weekend um, because usually, as we know, when Dabo Sweeney comes into the Carrier Dome with his guys, we look like we're a team that's going to lose by 40. 
You're telling me the guys look different. I'm watching the games. I agree with you. I think this team looks just as fast on defense. Garrett Trader looks better than last year, and I'm praying that they don't have this great start and then finish the season really bad like they did last year. But there's some Wimble games left. Uh, Clemson, I think we're getting them at their best time. And obviously, I'm not going to jinx it. We're still underdogs, still have the underdog mentality. But Dabo Sweeney's coming in with a team. When was the last time he came in with a team that had two losses? Yeah. Um, and we've played upset before. No reason they can't do it again. Uh, biggest game of the season. Going into Purdue, though, and setting it, making a statement in that tough nighttime crowd was big. Um, Purdue obviously isn't great this year, but I still think going on the road to a Big Ten team at night is always tough to do. And they took their run game. They ran with it. LaQuint Allen looks unreal. Mm -hmm. Uh, LaQuint Allen is so much fun to watch. If you want to, if you have any questions about who is going to replace and how they're going to be as a replacement for Sean Tucker, I think LaQuint Allen has answered those questions. I think he's a better pass catcher. He's obviously a different running back. Um, But I really like what I've seen from this team while they've played. And it's tough to tell when you play uh, Colgate and when you play Western Michigan, especially at home, and you're beating these teams by a lot, which you should be, how do they compare to other teams? And it's really tough to tell. But from what you see, when they're beating teams by 40, 50, 60, no matter if they're um, lower-level FBS schools, it's it's big to the new coaching staff that they brought in and to guys that are stepping up in roles that were drafted last season in mm-hmm. the cornerback, in the state cornerback position in the linebacker position, in the running back position. And we've seen it. So I'm excited to watch the game this weekend versus Clemson and to see them um, go against the bear schools that they're going to be playing in conference play. Yeah. Syracuse, yeah. Hopefully they keep it going. Uh, yeah. I think if you're a, a fan of Q's or any team for that matter, you kind of want this opportunity. Uh, it's cool. It's really cool that we made it here for an O um, beat the teams that we should be. I think Purdue yeah. Um, Purdue, that game could have even been a wider margin, and we didn't play perfect, and the refs really did not help us out. And with all yeah. that considered, it still wasn't a close game, um, right. which is telling, even though they aren't um, competing too well this year, but it's still a program with real athletes. And, you yeah. know, so now it's just it's time to, to put up or shut up. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be a very important stretch. Love it. I'm excited. Uh, excited that you have a part to do with the team now too. Great opportunity for you. Um, we're going to bring a lot. So let's move into the NFL, which we know every year just, it, it stays on top. I love college football. I mm-hmm. didn't love as college football as much as before I went to Syracuse. After I went, I was like, dude, there's nothing like a college football atmosphere, mm-hmm. but the level play, you get 130 games, which means you get a lot of blowouts. In the mm-hmm. NFL, you can have the Colts beat the Ravens on the road last week. You can get the Dallas Cowboys going into Arizona, who we thought would be the worst team in the league, and they lose. It's so unpredictable. It's great level play. Love me some great college football games, but the NFL is amazing. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about your Patriots through three weeks? So I think that Mac Jones is – doing as well as you can expect from him. And I think Bill O'Brien, there certainly is 
a, a huge difference this year. There's certainly a huge difference this year. There's every time they go out there, you feel like they can score a touchdown. When in years past, or I guess uh, obviously just specifically last year with Patricia and Joe Judge as these co-play callers, there would be some three and outs where we would be lucky to just be in a fourth and 10 because it was that bad. It was just don't screw over the defense, try to get a couple field goals this game and try to shut this team out. And that was the game plan because it was that bad. We had schematically, we were just outmatched. We were, we were trying things, right? We didn't have things that worked for this team. Every single week we were just trying new stuff and hoping that it would work. When you go out there, Matt Jones right now, he's top 10 in, in yards. He's top 10 in touchdowns. Um, I believe the last time I checked, I, I do believe so. And um, so he's throwing the ball over the field. He's making good throws. He's making anticipation throws. We drafted a couple of good guys. Um, so I, I feel positive. It, obviously, I can go all day on them. I'm not going to. But if I guess it's um, we're still missing a piece. Um, we're still missing a piece. I think we would have – I think we're one wide receiver away from being a top 10 roster. Um, so that's, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. I want to go into the schedule. These first even three games, considering if you thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be playing, could you have drawn up three harder games to start a season? Actually four, because this week is going to be tough in Dallas, but, uh, despite two of the games being at home, we have, the defending Super Bowl runner-ups going into Gillette, and they put up a fight. They looked out of it in the first half. They came back. The offense looked like they should under Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien obviously worked with Mac Jones back in Alabama. He's been with the Patriots for years when Tom Brady was there. He is a huge step up from Matt Patricia, who is a defensive coordinator, which blows my mind that last year is calling the place. Um, but they, they made a comeback. They – got within five points and you thought that last possession, or at least I thought, I thought they were going to score and mm-hmm. have, have a chance at winning that game, walking out uh, after a terrible start, finishing well. But then you have to turn around and you have the number one arguable team, for sure number one offense coming into your stadium. Um, and it's not cold in Boston yet. It doesn't give them that great advantage. They still have to run all over the field with these guys, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and Raheem Oster, and David David Atchain. Um, so they had guys that were coming in. I mean, they were hot. They were red hot even after week one. They were red hot after what they did in L.A. That was a tough game. Uh, got within a possession. Um, were one yard away from – actually not even a yard. Inches away from keeping the final drive alive and maybe forcing overtime. Love the way that they played these first two games because you couldn't have asked for two harder opponents, could you have? No. I mean, tough. And then you go into the Jets, and thankfully they didn't have Aaron Rodgers. Are the Patriots a good enough team to beat the Jets with Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Is their defense good enough? Yes. Does it really help that they didn't have Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Bill Belichick gives Zach Wilson nightmares and will continue to do so for the rest of his career. Um, But that was a tough game. Uh, I want to look at this schedule with you the remaining way. And I want, I want to hear your thoughts as a Patriots fan. 
What do you expect this week going into Dallas, coming off a loss in Arizona? I don't – Max, I have no freaking clue. And you know what? For guys like me and you who um, have started podcasts and you're going strong with yours right now, it's an unfortunate thing to say, but I've hit a point in my sports-watching career where I almost don't let myself talk about upcoming games because I know that the predictability of these games is zero. Um, and yeah. But if I can tell you one thing – it's that if we go down early, it's going to be the same story. Um, a Patriots account just posted very recently, like all of our almost comebacks. And it's been in the last three years, like going down like 13 points. And then Kendrick Bourne scores a 99 yard touchdown. And then we put together a good drive. And then the defense causes a turnover. And then, and then we F it all up on the last offensive drive on our last offensive drive. Um, somebody fumbles, Mac throws a pick, uh, a crazy holding call or something like that. But it's like, it's hard to yell at the person who fumbled, hard to yell at Mac. It's hard to yell at the ref when you're clawing back in the first place because it's like, what did we, why did right. we come out and do this? So, no, we're not going to go out and do that versus the Cowboys. It's just not going to happen. If this team can't um, perform early and not, they can't, they're not good enough to not beat themselves. If we play perfectly, we could beat anybody. And I guess most teams can say that. But if we don't play perfectly, we don't have a Stefan Diggs, we don't have a DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, we don't have a Tyreek Hill to get us out of a third and 19 or yeah. something like that. So yeah. we need to play well and we need to play fast. If not, the Cowboys are going to um, beat us in probably a pretty close game. It's a tough schedule, especially when you're a team in the AFC. Oh, my God. I mean, mm -hmm. it's brutal. There's a lot. The AFC is surprisingly better than we thought, especially the AFC South this year. But there isn't a for sure win in the AFC this year. Um which is crazy to think about, uh, especially in the AFC East. I mean, prayers go out to you and your division because every single week, first one of those guys, whether you're at home or on the road, is a toughie. This mm -hmm. game at the Cowboys, I, I mean, I want to say this. Um, Trevon Diggs was so important for this defense. He wasn't just statistically the best cornerback in the league through two weeks. It wasn't even close. I know you're getting a short, small sample size. But remember when we used to just roast him on our podcast from two years ago about how he would just get burnt all the time? And then mm -hmm. last year, you're like, you're getting a whole different cornerback slash safety because he wasn't getting beat. He was playing a lot smarter. He was improving as a cornerback tremendously. And then this year through two weeks, you're like, this guy could be up there with one of the best cornerbacks up there with South Gardner, up there with Sertan. Um, and that loss I think was huge for the defense because the drop between him and Stefan Gilmore, uh, Stefan Gilmore's out of his prime. The secondary is definitely vulnerable. I think your, I think your tight ends can take advantage of um, that secondary and those linebackers. Mm -hmm. Micah Parsons is obviously a problem. I hope your O-line is healthy going into this week. Um, yeah, that's think... one for especially. Mm -hmm. No, we, yeah, we need – O-line's got to play perfect um, because that is obviously um, something that will put you down in a game very, very quickly and to get the crowd – you know, take the crowd out of it. You know, we don't need Micah Parsons out there body slamming Mac Jones. Like, just right. not what we need. Um <laughs> No, we can't have it, Teddy. And it's just like I'm laughing. I can see it now. I can see myself getting all ready to watch this game. You know, 
putting on my jersey, coming, sitting right here, looking at my TV, like, all right, here we go, you know, 425, first play of the game, like, just Michael Parsons roaring through the middle of the line and, and suplexing Mac Jones, and, yeah. you know, and I'm going to be like, well, I knew it, and, um, but, no, I, I think, yeah, got to stay in this game early. That's that's how I'm feeling. I like, ex- I like your secondary versus their offensive explosive weapons. I thought I liked it against the Dolphins, but the Dolphins, I think, are just on a roll right now where secondary Dude, won't do much. Before Mostert took a, like a random running play to the house because he runs a 4-2, yeah. he let up Tyreek Hill at 60 yards. Like, And the, the touchdown that he caught was uh, a goal line a goal line play. Yes. Yes. We're yeah, yeah. I remember that play. Um I had some I had some money on the Patriots that game. But mm-hmm. anyways. Uh I think your secondary can fare well against this um great wide receiving core. And we know what Bill Belichick does best. And I think he can try and double team and eliminate and try and lead and at least contain Mark Micah Parsons. He takes away your best player, and I won't doubt Bill, Bill about that. It's going to be a tough game. But then you're at home versus the Saints, and if Derek Carr isn't back, I like your chances there. I know you don't want me to go through this schedule, but I'm going to. Uh, no, then you're at the, at the Raiders. I think that's a gettable team right now. I think your team knows Jimmy G the best of anyone, mm-hmm. um, other than maybe the 49ers. Um, and then you're at home versus the Bills. Obviously, that's a tough game, but it's starting to get into October. Could get a little bit ugly weather. Let's hope. Make this game scrappy. Bills are looking good again, though. Um, well, I projected I predicted them not to make the playoffs, though. I think the AFC has too many really good teams. I predicted the Bills actually to not make the playoffs. I think they win nine, maybe ten That's games. Nice. But um, Josh Allen takes way too many or makes way too many big mistakes in, in big, t- big time plays. Um I think that's going to cost him eventually. So then you go to the Dolphins. Could be a track meet. Uh, then you're at home versus the Commanders. Like to count as win. At home versus the Colts. Would like to count that as win. At the Giants, who don't look the same as their last year's playoff team with Brian Dable winning coach of the year. Um, at home look versus at the Herbert's, Chargers. Look at Herbert's stats versus us before we. Yeah. No, I think this game is. I mean, dude, we're going to be in December mm-hmm. at Foxborough. You think I you think I care that Justin Herbert is going into New England? Like and especially without Mike Williams now, I think that's a winnable game. Um at the Steelers, obviously, great route. That'll be tough. It's yeah. always is. Um at home versus the Chiefs. We're getting towards the end of the year. And then you got two games right here without how we thought they would fare at the beginning of the season. Sean Payton doesn't have this team together. Zach Wilson obviously doesn't have this offense together. So I see I see a, a somewhat bright future in a really, really tough division. Yeah, yeah, got to beat the – either got to get a win versus the Bills and got to get – or the get one versus the Dolphins, preferably split with the Bills still and get that split with the Dolphins then we're in a position to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to here. Um, but, yeah, fun, fun NFL, NFL season so far. Not for the Vikings. Fucking – I mean, I thought the Vikings would be so bad this year. But 
They're somehow worse than I thought. I thought we'd win six games. You still are. You're going to win six games. We're not going to win six games. There's 14 more games left. I get that. And I don't think. Okay. You know what? Six games of realistic total blunder, dude. That's bad. I just showed you the Patriots schedule. Why don't I just pull up to show you the rest of the games we're winning? Which, by the way, I don't think we'll be favored in any of them except for this week at Carolina. It's brutal. This schedule is that's part of the reason why I thought this team would be bad. Other than getting rid of Delvin Cook and Adam Thielen and not doing anything to this 32nd ranked defense last year, um, I think I think this Masson. Uh, I didn't even think he would be a backup in the league this far. And I mean, yeah, hey, Alexander Masson, Delvin Cook was hurt for the last three years. You didn't do fucking anything as a starter while Delvin Cook was hurt. Let's throw you in, take the reins, even though you're a decent backup, horrible starter. Let's give you the reins to this rushing offense. Let's see how that fares. Yeah. God, it's a disaster. He's so bad. It's not even yeah. funny. He was, people were uh, excited for him this year. I wasn't. I thought he'd be horrible. Uh, all right. You want, you want to see how brutal this, you want to see what we have to deal with? Uh, at the Panthers. No walk in the park. No road game is. Uh, especially two winless teams. That team can't score with you, though. No matter how badly yeah. you guys screw up, you always end up scoring like 27 points at least. And they're gonna... I don't know. Their defense is good. Their defense is good. They just lost Shaq Thompson for the year, which was big. But their defense is good. It's legit. I I would like well, to say we win this game. 24 points you win. I would like to say we'd win, but I also thought the only for sure win on the schedule this year was week one versus the Bucks, and we couldn't even do that. So mm-hmm. uh, then we go home versus the Chiefs, which I'd be happy to keep it within two touchdowns. Don't think we will. To the Bears, never win at the Bears. We just don't. Um, the at Bears home versus, suck. Yeah, and so do we. At home versus the 49ers. You're beating the Bears. At home versus the Niners, forget it. If we keep it within two touchdowns, that'd be great. At the Packers, at Lambeau, thankfully it's not a nighttime game, but don't like the chances there. Jordan Love is looking good. At the Falcons, at home versus the Saints. Dude, Desmond Ritter hasn't lost at home in his in his high school, college, or NFL career. Uh, at the, Or at home versus the Saints, we don't. That defense would shut our offense down, and I don't know what we'd do against that offense. Even though it's not a great offense, we can't stop anyone. That's a tough game. Um, I'm going to be at this game at the Broncos. I hope they win that one. Two winless teams going at it. Um, What do we got here? At home versus the Bears, at the Raiders, at the Bengals, at home versus the Lions, at home versus the Packers, at home versus the Lions. So I think you – you have a chance to split with the Lions. You have – you're going to beat – I think you'll beat the Bears both times. I don't think that team's going to win more than one one or two games this year. You're going to lose to the Bengals because that team gets hot late. You're going to beat the Broncos, I think, because they can't score. <clears throat> and that defense is – like Justin Jefferson might have 617 yards. That's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, Falcons maybe, but like there's no guaranteed loss. As down and out as you feel right now, I think that it is important. It's very easy as you, as a fan of the Vikings, to be looking at all these teams and you're just seeing what is so great about them. 
But me as like a third party here can look at obviously each one of these teams has glaring issues and there's obvious reasons why you can beat any one of them. Who knows, dude, by the time you're playing the 49ers, Sam Darnold could be starting because Brock Purdy could be in a full body cast. Like it's just the NFL is so random and I think this team does win eight games. I do. So I love you, Ty. I hope so. Eight games, even still a failure of a season, but I mean, maybe not, not by your standards this year, that'd be a win, but. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to be tough for our teams. Um, offense wins games, and it does not win championships. But it'll win versus shitty teams. Like, offense will win because even if they, even if Kirk throws three picks, he'll throw two touchdowns and 400 yards, and you'll score 25 points, and you'll still – that'll be enough to beat the Bears. It might be enough to beat the Falcons, you know, beat the Bears again. Like, so you never know. It's going to be very interesting. Praying for it. Uh, actually, no. I take that back because with with this incoming quarterback class, I've want I didn't want Kirk since the day we got him because Case Kim took us to an NFC championship, but I really don't want Kirk after this own three start. Even before this, dude, last year's quarterback do class. Kirk? Do you I hate thought, Kirk? what? Do you hate Kirk or do like do you forgive him? Like, do you I can't like stand Kirk. I can't stand Kirk uh, because, like I said, we had Tay Bridgewater who won a couple of division titles uh we had case cam who took them to the nfc championship and when you get rid of case and you replace him with someone who's just as immobile and can't win big games it makes me want to blow my head off yeah whatever happened uh, to case Keenum? where did he go he just became irrelevant after yeah did he after, go to washington or was that before uh i don't know i think he's just been a he's been a journeyman a, a backup but yeah. With this incoming, I mean, I want them to go find Kirk's replacement last year when there was Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud. They weren't getting Bryce Young, but even like Will Levis, I really liked out of Kentucky. Uh, we don't know what we're going to get with Will. I think he can start some games after Tannehill's looking awful, but uh, I really want them to find the replacement then. They didn't, so they better do it now when they're 0-3. Either tank for Caleb, tank for Drake May, tank for Michael Penix. It's a great quarterback class. Uh, Kirk isn't taking you to the promised land. Kirk isn't even really taking you to the playoffs year in and year out. So I really, my respect for Kirk did go up after watching. Have you seen the quarterback series on Netflix? I haven't seen all of it. I've seen some of it. It did go up after that because I'm really tough on him. And it's tough in this league. And he's been consistent. But watching Mahomes. player but yeah you know he's not home so watching Mahomes and watching Josh Allen while he makes all mistakes like watching someone that can get out of the pocket and Burrow's too Burrow's like a Brady Burrow is surgical like Brady and Rodgers where he doesn't have to make a lot of plays outside the pocket like he's just really good in the pocket but Kirk doesn't have that Kirk doesn't get rid of the ball Kirk doesn't see things that Burrow does unfortunately and so you want someone that can get out of the pocket if they're not going to be surgical like a Brady or like a Drew Brees or like a Rodgers. And it's frustrating with Kirk because he just gets sacked and strip sacked and fucking this and fucking that all the time way too much. Yeah, I'd say my biggest thing on Kirk that I've noticed, even though I don't hate him, is that uh, I think he needs to make more anticipation throws. And that's probably just something he's not going to learn now at 36 years old. So I noticed that Justin Jefferson is always so wide open when he gets the ball thrown to him. And the reason that Justin Jefferson 
makes a lot of crazy contested catches is because he'll run a comeback route and he'll be wide open the second he breaks. But then he'll be staying there for like a second or two. Because I noticed this when I watched the replay. They'll do like the just the route cam on him. So he'll yeah. run around. And then he'll be turning around. He'll go like this for a second. And then Kirk, for whatever reason, was looking at somebody else. will turn, look at him, throw the ball. And then like it's kind of a jump ball. And JJ goes up and snags it. But like right. I think, you know, those sort of things still are. It's, it's a little weird how those aren't necessarily like, you know, when he gets the ball thrown to him, I feel like a lot of times he's been open for like three, four seconds by the time the ball's coming his way and he's kind of you know but he is that good so yeah you know. jj is that good i mean watching tyreek hill makes me question if jj's much better than tyreek because he's a freak of nature um but jj's the best route runner he makes so many great con- uh i'm really scared though that they're not gonna resign jj i'm really scared if if this team doesn't turn it around or if they say Kirk is we're going to stay with him for a little bit longer, which I don't see them doing JJ's going to leave. And there goes your God. I mean, when we got rid of Randy Moss to Tom Brady and you guys, it was like the whole life got taken out of the Vikings. And right now JJ is our life. If we don't have JJ, forget it. And I'm really scared that they're going to, they fucking paid TJ Hawkinson over. They paid JJ. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, Hand JJ a blank check. Say, hey, fill it out to make yourself the highest paid wide receiver, arguably highest paid one of in the NFL, and hand it to the Vikings. Because without you, we are irrelevant. That's mm-hmm. what they should do. And they haven't yet, which is It is true. I, I would see you guys as, as a two-win team without him right now. But I feel like – Oh, yeah. It'd be – I mean – can you think about last year, how many one-possession games we were in and how many we were lost without JJ? Yeah, that really? Bills game. That Bills game yeah. stands out. So. Quite a, I mean, oh, almost years ago. Was 200 cool. yards. You take away was those. Years ago or was that last year? Last year I was, at, I was at that Bills game. Yeah, that was, what, the greatest game ever. Ridiculous. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Ted, anything else you want to touch on with college football or the NFL? Who do you th- – what do you think the – I guess I'll leave you with this. I'll give you a question. What do you think the Jets' next move should be, that quarterback, this year for the next 14 games? I don't think they should go and get a veteran unless you're trading for someone who's really established as a starter, maybe a Kirk Cousins. I mean, I'd be glad to ship him to New York. But maybe a Kirk Cousins. Otherwise, I think when Aaron Rodgers is able to get back in the practices and the sideline, you have him in Zach Wilson's ear. And I think he's he's a good enough mentor. While he can come out as uh, very egocentric at times, I think he'd, he's a good mentor. I think he's good for Zach Wilson. When he's healthy enough to be on the sidelines and to be in practices, I think if you're, you have Aaron Rodgers there with Zach Wilson, don't get – he was a number two pick. I didn't agree with it. I thought there were a lot better quarterbacks in front of him. I thought he was way too cocky coming out BYU. Um, But at the same time, he can make plays that make him look like a number two pick. And if you have Aaron Rodgers there to say, don't throw it there. That's a mistake. Don't throw it there. That's a mistake. Get rid of it here because you're going to make a big mistake if you don't get rid of it. I think that's good enough to get this team to the playoffs. And that defense is so good. Obviously, 
the last couple weeks they've had the life sucked out of them without Aaron Rodgers. But still, it's that it is a really good defense. I think they can win enough games with Aaron Rodgers in Zach Wilson's ear. Call me crazy. I will call you crazy, but all right. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I I don't see I don't see the point in going to get someone for they picked up Simeon. What's that? They picked up Simeon, Trevor Simeon. What does that? I mean, that doesn't mean anything though. Is he much better than Zach Wilson? Probably. I think Zach Wilson's the worst starting quarterback in the last like ten years. I, dude. And I don't think Zach will – I mean, I'm really low on Zach Wilson and Baker Mayfield, the two quarterbacks I probably knocked the most. I'm not high on Zach, but at the same time, like, I think if you get Aaron Rodgers on the sideline with him, it's, it's yeah, a good yeah. enough defense to keep you in games. And I think Zach can – if he can avoid the mistakes and if he can learn from Aaron Rodgers, he could be good enough to bring this team to the playoffs. Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to see. But um, who would you go get? I would do anything and everything. Um, I would sell out for this year. I know Aaron Rodgers is coming back, but as a Jets fan, I couldn't. How do you put him back out there? You can't do it, bro. You can't do it. In my opinion, he's, he's really that bad. bad. You, you're not going to have a team by the time Aaron Rodgers comes back because nobody's going to be willing to go out there and get hurt and play game after game and get concussions and, and break arms and tear ACLs. And for what the defense just is going to feel like you're putting us out there to get killed. We have no chance to win these games. They just held us to 13 total points. Our 15 point came off of a safety, like, and they're still losing the game by, by a touchdown. Like, it's just like, you don't have a chance to win the games. And I think it's going to blow up the team before Aaron Rodgers ever gets to touch it. So even if they do go with Zach Wilson, like I think Salah should at least say to the team, like, I know he sucks or something like this whole act right now of like, Oh, like Zach's like, our I, guy. I do hate that. I do it's, hate that. You know, you got to come out and say something. What's what, what do you care more about Zach Wilson or having this defense that you've done a very good job of flipping this culture and flipping right. this defense. But now that culture that you worked so hard to change now it's kind of not yet, but it's, going really downhill because they're on the sideline yelling at each other and the defense is pissed off and Garrett Wilson and Michael Carter, um, the offensive Michael Carter are pissed off. So I don't think, I don't see how as a Jets fan, I would be, I would not be okay with him going back out there, but I do hear what you're saying. And um, you know, it's very interesting. They're kind of in a box right now. And I, as, as a Pats That's fan, Jets yeah. are gonna that Jets are gonna jet with this situation, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, you know, and you hate to see a popped Achilles be the reason, but I almost could have told you like this was not gonna go perfect, like something <laughs> is gonna go bad, and like you right. know, I wish it was to. but yeah, it's bound to at the Jets. Yep. Um, Vikings haven't even won a Super Bowl, so I can't can't say much, but they've been a lot more relevant and a lot more winning and. Whatever since yes. yes, the Jets have been the worst yeah. franchise for like the last in sports for like the last ten years. So. Yeah. Since since the good old Mark Sanchez. Um mm-hmm. well I was gonna touch on Travis Kelsey and Taylor's no, I'm just kidding. All right. That that's where we end the podcast episode. Um, I won't, I promise. Um we'll have you on after the chart or sorry, after the Cowboys game. Yeah, so I'd love to preview the upcoming Saints game. Maybe the Vikings can get a win this weekend in Carolina. Praying for your Patriots. You pray for my Vikings. I will. And we'll have you on next week.
All right. All right. I'm excited, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, me. Ted. Go Cuse. Big game versus Clemson. Let's go. Take okay. it to the Max Sports Podcast with your host, Max Murphy, with your co-host from Floor 10, take it, Floor 10 Sports Podcast. Tay Sweetwood. Yes, sir.